Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you with exceedingly abundantly and overflowing joy. Before I begin tonight, I just have a news flash. I'm going to be starting a new series next Monday night on the seven cities of Revelation. Now, that's going to take quite a while. Uh, I will probably cover each city will probably take me at least two programs to do. So that's at least 14 weeks and it may take longer, but it's an exciting series. It's timely, uh, obviously written for the time that it was written by John the Apostle, but it is absolutely for now, for the church right now. So I'm excited to be teaching that. And also want to invite you again, um, I teach a Bible study on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. And I am starting a new series this Wednesday on the book of Acts. And again, this is a very timely teaching. Um, so I just ex- uh, am excited to start it. I'm um, encouraging you to come. I know many of you don't even attend a Bible study, so this would be a good time to come. Wednesdays, 6 p.m., Top Hat Pools and Stoves. The address is 2258 Main Street, Wheeling, West Virginia. So please come and join us. We would love to have you. We're going to be starting the Book of Acts again next Monday. I'll be starting the Seven Cities of Revelation here on the program. So tonight, looking unto Jesus, part three. Do you know how much I need Jesus? I need him more every day. And as each day grows darker, I need him to help me shine brighter. How about you? Hebrews chapter one, verse one says this, and I have mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but it, it just bears me sharing it again. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days, notice, has in these last days spoken to us by his son. We are in the last of the last days, and Jesus is speaking loud and clear to us. This Jesus, book of Hebrews says, has been appointed heir of all things. This Jesus made the worlds, the entire universe and solar system, and named every star. There are trillions of bright, shiny objects in the dark sky, and Jesus knows each by name. Jesus is the brightness of God's glory. This is vastly much brighter than the fiery ball in the sky that we call the sun. Jesus is the express image of God the Father. Jesus upholds all things by the word of his power. Let me explain and give you an example. Can you imagine the power of his voice? You see, if Jesus wanted to, he could speak to the planet Mars and cause it to disappear. And if he wanted, he could speak to the planet Pluto and cause life to spring forth on it. Just so you know, Pluto is made primarily of ice and rock. 
but the Lord could command with his voice and cause vegetation to grow. But because it takes 5.5 hours for light from the sun to reach Pluto, the Lord would have to speak and cause Pluto to be removed from its current orbit and be moved closer to the sun in order for things to grow. Sounds like science fiction. But is there anything too hard for the greatest designer and architect of the universe? I think not. Just by his word, he is holding the planets in their orbit. And just by his word, he keeps the moon from crashing into the earth. Jesus purged our sins. So they are as far as the east is from the west. He removed the stain of sin and the sting of death. He now sits and rules at the right hand of majesty on high. And he has obtained a name more excellent than the angels. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I know Jesus. The mere sound of his name humbles me. You know, I, I just think, wow, the name of Jesus. He has obtained a more excellent name than anything in the world. Yet, people today use his name when they're angry as a curse word. But to me, his name is hope and healing to my ears. I love the name of Jesus. Now we know, because the Bible tells us, that during Jesus' time on the earth, he was reviled. The Pharisees, educated religious men, told Jesus right to his face that he had a demon and also said that he was a Samaritan, which means he was only half Jewish. So that was a slur and a slam to Jesus, who was not a Samaritan, but was a full-blooded Jew. They even said it a second time to him. They said, we now know that you have a demon. Even the people said that Jesus was a deceiver and had a demon. Imagine that. Hebrews chapter 1 Verses 1 through 4 stand as a testament to the greatness and the power of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Yet society today wants to silence our voice, which ultimately means silencing the holy and glorious voice of Jesus. Psalm 2 verses 1 through 4 says this, Why do the nations rage? And the people plot a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. So we see that today. We see that the kings of the earth those in authority in the nations, rulers, oh, they take counsel together. And they who do they take counsel together against? 
against the Lord and against his anointed. Who's his anointed? We are. The body of Christ is his anointed. So yes, today, world leaders want to remove every trace of Christianity and the World Health Organization and the United Nations are plotting together against us to take all our freedoms from us, not just our religious freedom, but all freedom. But listen to this, Psalm 2, verse 4. But he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision, which means the Lord will hold them in contemptuous ridicule. God the Father makes it clear in Hebrews 1, 8 through 18, what he thinks of his son Jesus, which shows us the holy and divine nature of Jesus and his supreme place in all the universe. So I just want to, um, just want to share those scriptures with you. So that's Hebrews chapter 1, starting with verse 8. He says, but to the Son, he says... Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. I'm sorry, I w- that's Hebrews 1, 8 through 14. But to the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain, and they will all grow old like a garment, like a cloak, you will fold them up, and they will be changed, but you are the same, and your years will not fail. But to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? So you can see that God, the Father, is talking about his son Jesus, and he says, on your throne, (laughs) You're going to reign forever and ever. And you have the scepter of righteousness. And a scepter is a rod, uh, an actual physical, um, usually made out of silver, uh, that is a sign of authority. So Jesus has the authority, has a scepter of righteousness. And that scepter is of his kingdom. And Jesus has loved righteousness, and he hates lawlessness. And God has anointed him with the oil of gladness more than anybody. And he goes on to say about uh, Jesus, In the beginning he laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of his hands. It's, it's so beautiful. I mean, it's, it literally shows us the holy and divine nature of Jesus and his supreme place in the universe. You know, scripture says that we will fade like grass, that he knows our frame, 
and he remembers that we are dust. There's a point in time in your life when you have to come to a place where you recognize that you are really not much of anything, uh, we, we have to humble ourselves. We, we can't be arrogant because he knows our actual skeletal frame. I mean, he remembers that we are dust. We came from dust. Now, those who are currently holding power in our government arrogantly, arrogantly, go about perpetrating evil on the people and children. I've talked about that many times. They speak falsehoods continually, every day, and literally want to destroy anyone who stands up for Christ or for the things that are right and good. One day, they will face this Jesus whom they have mocked and scorned because every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess Jesus and everyone is going to face him one day face to face. And then it will be too late. Think about this. If we experience only one birth, we will experience two deaths. But if we experience two births, we will only face one death. So if we experience only one birth, our n- a natural birth, if that's all we experience is a natural birth in our lifetime, we are going to experience two deaths. When our body dies on this earth and then when we are put in hell. But if we experience two births, a natural birth and a spiritual birth, we're only going to face the one death when our physical body dies. Someone once said this, sin is an absolute reality that will bring us to an absolute eternity in hell. That is sobering. That's why the writer in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, said this, Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? God also bearing witness, both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Give, he, give the more earnest heed suggests for us to focus the mind and atten- our attention on a thing. You see, if we become unattentive to the things of the gospel, and unattentive to the things of our Lord Jesus, we will regress and become susceptible to the temptation of sin. Never, ever have we experienced the blatant perversion and violent and murderous actions of people over holiness and purity 
and especially abortion. The mocking and ridicule of Christ by the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence was about as much as I could tolerate. Um, They are an activist group founded in San Francisco by gay men to protest gay rights issues that use drag and religious imagery in public. Get this. They use that to fundraise for charity. Ah, but it's a different kind of charity than you and I think about. Their website says that they are our our leading edge order of queer and trans nuns. And they are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And their motto is this. You ready? Go forth and send some more. Uh Uh-huh. That's their motto. Go forth and send some more. You see, you and I don't have time to drift away. You don't have time to drift away. And some of you listening haven't been in fellowship with other believers. You're not attending church on Sunday. You're not in a Bible study. And many of you may possibly be backslidden. Please wake up. How shall you escape if you neglect so great a salvation? I mentioned at the beginning of the program, I teach a Bible study every Wednesday night, 6 p.m., top hat, pools, and stoves in downtown Wheeling. If you need to be part of a wonderful group of believers, and I, I sincerely believe you do need to be part of a wonderful group of believers. You know, we study the word. We pray for people. Um, and you and I need to... Um, we have to give them more earnest heed to the Word of God. That's all there is. I mean, please get your priorities in place. Get them in order. You know, golfing and pleasure has its place. But God is first. His Word is first. And every time that we put Him at the bottom of our list, we are making a conscious decision to say, Hey, Jesus... Come and follow me throughout my day. When Jesus clearly says in his word to us, Come, follow me. Deny yourself and take up your cross. My question is, how heavy does the burden have to be or have to get before you come back to Jesus? Jesus said this. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. To me, that's like winning the Publishers Clearinghouse $1 million giveaway. See, you can't buy that kind of peace and joy. He said, my yoke, my yoke is easy. Just say that. Say, Jesus Your yoke is easy. Your yoke is easy. Maybe it's time to let Jesus lead the way and you follow. I think we're making him weary, making him follow us around all day. He's sitting back wondering, when are you going to open your eyes and ears 
and see the truth of the gospel and make a decision to follow me. Just look at it this way. This is very simple. And I think, you know, sometimes just I really try to make it simple, not complicated. So think of it like this. And you can write this down. Right. Jesus yoke equals easy. My yoke equals hard, burdensome. And that's a reality that we all need to heed. We can't expect Jesus to keep following us. We must follow him because his yoke is easy. And our yoke is hard, and his burden is light, and our burden is heavy. Now, I want you to listen to something that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10. I hope you have your Bibles with you, you know, open to Matthew chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 27 through 31. This is what Jesus said. He said, whatever I tell you in the dark... Speak it in the light, and whatever you hear in the ear, preach it on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Just listen to that again. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. He goes on to say, Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So that tells us a a lot. You know, you don't have to be a preacher to go on the housetop and preach what you hear in the ear. When Jesus says things to you in your ear, he's he's speaking to you, Holy Spirit speaking to you, go preach it. Go talk about it. And, and what he's literally, he's not saying to go stand on somebody's housetop. What he's saying is when you have the opportunity, share it. Don't hold it back. Don't hide it. Don't hide it under a bushel. So we look unto Jesus because he is the life giver. And he's for us, not against us. Romans 8 Let's just turn there. Um, Verses 31 through... Verses 31 through 39 says this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? 
It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded, Paul says, that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This set of scriptures outlines God's incredible love for us. We are in perilous times, and we must recognize where we stand with Christ. We have to come to a realization of where we are spiritually. So, Romans 13, verses 11 through 14 say this, And do this, knowing the time, that it is now high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand, Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. So that's my prayer for you. Know the time that it's time to awake out of your sleep and slumber. If that's where you are spiritually, if that's where you have de deemed and determined you are spiritually, if you know it's time to wake up out of sleep, let's wake up because your salvation is nearer than you first believed. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. So there's some things that we have to do. We have to cast off works of darkness. We have to put on the armor of light. And we cannot walk in drunkenness, revelry, lewdness, lust, strife, and envy any longer. But we have to put on the Lord Jesus. So I leave you with this. And I pray this for you. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this is Dawn Noble. You can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again. You can download the iHeartRadio app and go to Pure Heart Ministries podcast and listen 24-7. And you can email me, all lowercase letters, D-A-W-N, dawn at pureheart.today. I'd love to hear from you. And of course, I always 
appreciate prayer. Um, no one can do ministry. No preacher can do ministry without prayer. So I appreciate your prayers. And I would love for you to consider sowing into this ministry. You can send a check to Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. That's Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. Well, I look forward to being with you next week. This is John Noble saying, Shalom, Shalom. Peace be unto you.